Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Tribulation. What is it? Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our last episode, A Riot in Ephesus, Part 4, was posted on May 28th. Last week, we learned, Verbal violence incites a person's rage. Verbal violence then further incites physical violence. We know that words can cut a person more deeply than a two-edged sword. This is why I stressed this issue considering we are to witness in peace, kindness, and love. Do you believe that our walk in Christ has great power? To not only deal with false gods, but with empires? Not by violence, but by simple witnessing to others, as Paul did. Not that everyone will listen to you or receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. However, they say, if you do not ask, you do not know. Remember, if someone does not want your witness to them, be nice and respectful to them, and then move on. I want to stress this last comment in William Burkett's expository notes. He said, Here note that although the apostles were great enemies to those men's idolatry, yet did they offer no outward violence to their idol temples, neither to demolish them or deface any image on them. They well knew that such a work of public reformation was not their business. Therefore, they endeavored by preaching to cast idols out of the people's hearts. William Burkett also commented, It is very likely that the apostle and the Christians in Ephesus had in wisdom asserted Christianity without saying much against Diana, which would have but enraged the multitude. Much less did they offer any violence to her temple or her image. This speaks of a level of respect for those in sin and here, paganism. These men of God remained focused on their mission of simply witnessing to any and to find out more listen to our previous episode titled a riot in ephesus part four this week our first summer series study is titled tribulation what is it part one our summer series will be looking at several aspects of tribulation to better define whether it is just another name for the same thing or means something worse than a trial. First, we need to define the meaning of both trial and tribulation. Again, 
Is there a difference? Learning the meaning of these two words will help the clarification and answer that question. I will look at four English dictionaries from 1806 to present to track any social changes to both definitions of trial and tribulation. First, we will define the word trial. A temptation, test of virtue, from Compendious Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster, 1806. Experience, suffering that puts strength, patience of faith to the test, afflictions or temptations that exercise and prove the graces or virtues of men, trial of cruel mocking and scourging, temptation, test of virtue, state of being tried. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. The act of testing by experience, proof, test, the state of being tried or tempted, exposure to suffering that tests strength, patience, faith, or the like, affliction or temptation that exercises and proves the graces or virtues of men, that which tries or afflicts, that which harasses, that which tries the character or principles, that which tempts to evil. From Webster's 1913 Revised Unabridged Dictionary of the English Language. The act or process of testing, trying, or putting to the proof. Example, a trial of one's faith. A state of pain or anguish that tests patience, endurance, or belief. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Are these definitions how we define tribulation today? Yet, these definitions are of the word trial. Notice also how that definition has changed over approximately 217 years. Each dictionary was the authority of its published day. If the word trial is so descriptive of what we, today, may call tribulation, is Scripture simply using a more powerful word in some passages than others? Let us answer that question by looking at the definition of the word tribulation. The definition of the word tribulation. Distress, uneasiness, care, vexation. From A Compendious Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster, 1806. Severe affliction, distresses of life, vexations. In Scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, he is offended. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. That which occasions distress trouble, or vexation, severe affliction. From Webster's 1913 Revised Unabridged Dictionary of the English Language. Great affliction, trial, or distress, suffering, 
an experience that tests one's endurance, patience, or faith, grievous trouble, severe trial, or suffering, and affliction, trouble, or woe. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Note the meaning of the word vexation, irritation, annoyance. Notice also that vexation or vexations are used in defining tribulation only. Note this definition of irritation, a thorn in the flesh, a source, a constant irritation, affliction, or inconvenience, a perpetual pain in the neck. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Notice also this meaning of annoyance, a person or thing that annoys, nuisance, from the Free Dictionary by Farlex. With regard to tribulation, vexation seems more to the meaning of trial until we learn that a vexation or vexations are those irritations or annoyances that continue for a period of time. So, as we see here, vexation and severe vexation is the definition for tribulation. Notice what we just read. Severe affliction, distresses of life, vexations. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. That definition also notes, in Scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. As you can see, there is a difference between the words trial and tribulation. The good news is that you can only experience one or the other. You cannot experience both at the same time, even if sometimes it feels that way. Meaning, several trials together can be personally defined as a tribulation. We should also note that when one is plagued with only one or two minor issues, that is a trial. Our first verse in this series does not use the words trial or tribulation. However, it does speak of trials, and the short context tells us plainly how to deal with a trial or trials. It reads, Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about, seeking whom he may devour, whom would stand steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. And the God of all grace, who called you unto his eternal glory in Christ, after that you have suffered a little while, shall himself perfect, establish, strengthen you. From 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 10, in the American Standard Version, 1901. Verse 10 is our reference verse. Yet we should first note, we all need to be sober and watchful. This is because our adversary, the devil, walks about the world we live in like a roaring lion. 
He is seeking whom he may devour. However, if we are steadfast in our faith, that helps us withstand him. What is most important to note, because we should know that the same sufferings are accomplished in our brethren who are in the world. Now, our reference verse tells us, But the God of all grace, the God who imparts all needful grace, it was proper in their anticipated trials to direct them to God and to breathe forth in their behalf an earnest and affectionate prayer that they might be supported. A prayer of this kind by an apostle would also be to them a sort of pledge or assurance that the needed grace would be granted them. From Barnes New Testament Notes Notice that last sentence. A prayer of this kind by an apostle would also be to them a sort of pledge or assurance that the needed grace would be granted them. Do you expect God to grant you grace? Do you expect your brothers and sisters to pray for God to grant you His grace in times of trial, even if you don't consider them to be an apostle? Can you trust your brothers and sisters to offer to God an earnest and affectionate prayer that you might be supported in your time of trial or trials? Here, in America's modern churches, the answer to all these questions is an undeniable no. This is one reason much of God's church is in the trouble you can see. Kind consolation is not offering earnest and affectionate prayer that you might be supported in your time of trial or trials. A quick prayer of, God, help my brother, amen, or God, help my sister, amen, is not an earnest and affectionate prayer. A person needs to be more involved with God and his or her brothers and sisters in Christ. Willing to offer more than a quick, one-sentence prayer, as earnest as it may sound, a quick one-sentence prayer is neither earnest or affectionate. Earnest does not mean that someone is honest. The adjective meaning of the word earnest for clarity is as follows. 1. Ardent in the pursuit of an object, eager to obtain, having a longing desire, warmly engaged or incited. 2. Ardent warm, eager, zealous, animated, importunate, as earnest in love, earnest in prayer. 3. Intent, fixed. 4. Serious, important, that is, really intent or engaged, once the phrase in earnest, to be in earnest, is to be really urging or stretching towards an object, intent on a pursuit. Hence, from fixed attention comes the sense of seriousness in the pursuit, as opposed to trifling or jest. 
earnest, as a noun. Seriousness, a reality, a real event, as opposed to jesting or feigned appearance. This sense of the word is primary, denoting that which goes before or in advance. Thus, the earnest of the Spirit is given to saints as a pledge or assurance of their future enjoyment of God's presence and favor. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. Notice what Scripture is talking about. And the God of all grace, who called you unto his eternal glory in Christ, after that you have suffered a little while, shall himself perfect, establish, strengthen you. From 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, in the American Standard Version, 1901. Now, remember, the meaning of the word earnest is, this sense of the word is primary, denoting that which goes before or in advance. Scripture tells us that God called you unto his eternal glory in Christ. That is what goes before or in advance of our future enjoyment of God's presence and favor. Thus, the earnest of the Spirit is given to saints as a pledge or assurance of their future enjoyment of God's presence and favor. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, After that you have suffered a little while, quote-unquote. That is descriptive of our life and time here, where we live. Notice further, Who hath called us unto his eternal glory, or who has called us unto his eternal glory, and who means, therefore, that we shall be saved, as he has called us to his glory, we need not apprehend that he will leave or forsake us. From Barnes' New Testament Notes God will not leave or forsake us if we have received him as our Lord and Savior. He has called all of humanity to his glory. Yet, the choice is for each one of us alone to make. We only need to make the simple choice to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior sincerely, and this makes us his children who will leave this world soon. Until then, we suffer for only a little while. After that, you have suffered a while. After you have suffered as long as he shall appoint, the Greek is, having suffered a little, and may refer either to time or degree. In both respects, the declaration concerning affliction is true. They are short compared with eternity. They are light compared with the exceeding and eternal weight of glory. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Our sufferings here, quote, are short, compared with eternity. They are light 
compared with the exceeding and eternal weight of glory. End quote. This should help us rejoice, as Scripture says, and look to heaven when we truly understand that our trials and tribulations here, quote, are short compared with eternity. They are light compared with the exceeding and eternal weight of glory, end quote. That should give one great comfort and joy despite the world around us and how well a day goes or does not go. The object of our salvation in Christ is to make you perfect by means of your trials. The tendency of affliction is to make us perfect. Establish or establish. The Greek word means to set fast, to fix firmly, to render immovable. Strengthen, give you strength to bear all this. Settle you, literally, found you, or establish you on a firm foundation. The allusion is to a house which is so firmly fixed on a foundation that it will not be moved by winds or floods. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. These comments by Barnes should be very settling and comforting, for these are the four reasons for our trials. To make us perfect, to establish us, to strengthen us, and to settle us on a firm foundation. That should cause you to remember this passage. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the flood came, and the winds beat against that house, but it did not collapse because it had been founded on rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the flood came, and the winds beat against that house, and it collapsed. It was utterly destroyed. From the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. The reason I quote this passage is because it demonstrates, in parable form, what we just learned. The rain is metaphorically trials, at the very least. It can also symbolize tribulation, which would be more of a hurricane or tornado event. The passage does not define either specifically. Therefore, it could possibly reference both since the end result would be the same. Is Jesus not referred to as the rock of salvation? Our salvation in Christ is the house we build on him, our rock. Then when the rains fall, trials, the floods and winds come, tribulations, we will not collapse because we have been founded on the rock. We built our house on the rock, Jesus Christ. I will end with these comments from King Comments' commentary on the whole Bible. 
to trust in God doesn't mean that you have got rid of your responsibility and can therefore allow yourself to be passive. You always need to be, quote, sober, end quote. Therefore, not naively think that you can do everything without being bothered by the devil. He absolutely is a defeated enemy, but only for those who go their way in the confidence of faith in God. Keep your eyes widely opened for the dangers that surround you. Sleeplessness and laziness are an invitation for the devil to attack you. The devil is called your, quote, adversary, end quote, here. With everything that is in him, he is against you because you belong to the Lord Jesus. There is nothing in the devil that in any way can be beneficial to you. He prowls around like a roaring lion, searching for a prey. He is cruel, powerful, and merciless. With his roaring, he tries to frighten you. Be sure that you do not come into his power. His only goal is to devour you, which means that he wants to completely destroy you. Don't let him intimidate you when he comes your way. Do not turn your back on him, but resist him. You have to flee when he comes your way in the form of seducing you into sin in case you encounter something that addresses your flesh in order to stir that up. That regards to fornication idolatry, money, and the lusts of the youth. When the trial comes from the outside, when the devil wants to frighten you and wants to cause you to deny your faith, you must resist him. You should not avoid the suffering, but you ought to endure it, steadfast in the faith for the sake of the Lord, looking upon him, the Lord, in the confidence that he supports you. Next week, we continue our summer series titled, Tribulation, What Is It? Part 2. We will answer questions as to what tribulation is. Is everything negative in our lives tribulation? We will find out and more in our summer series. Join us next week and through the summer as we answer many questions about tribulation and whether we experience it less frequently than we presume. To learn more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. 
Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens in unchurched our bible tablet and desktop compliant website has more information links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item we are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now, to Him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.